In our first reading today, we heard about patience and the God's calling, I'm sorry, the second reading, God called call us to patience through St. James. But since nobody here struggles with patience, I don't have to preach about that. Also, um, St. James talked about making sure we don't complain about our neighbor. And no one does that here, so I'm not going to preach about that. I'll talk about something different. So, um, what I'd like to talk about today is what today is. It's Gaudate Sunday. And really looking at why we rejoice. What we should be truly rejoicing about, knowing that, yes, Jesus is coming, but he's actually already here. So we are called to be messengers of hope and messengers of gratitude for the many abundant graces God has given us in our lives. And one of my things I've been rejoicing in is uh, something I do every single Saturday morning. So every single Saturday morning, I started a ministry called Fit Shepherds. And then every Saturday at 7 a.m., men 13 and older are invited to come and work out. And we do workouts. It's called Fit Shepherds because we want to be spiritually fit and physically fit for the kingdom of God so we can be shepherds. So we can truly take control of what God has given us, be good stewards, but also be good shepherds for me as a priest for you all. And then also for those who are husbands, be good shepherds of their wives, to be good shepherds of their children, of their families. And then for those who are single, to be good shepherds of their friends and their brothers and sisters, to be good shepherds of their communities. And as I kind of transition on my way out of Anago, and I look forward to empowering other people, that's one thing I've been rejoicing in, is seeing people be called to action. Seeing people be called to action, saying, yes, we need a priest for certain things, we don't need a priest for everything. And seeing the men step forward to lead workouts, to get over that fear of leading workouts, but also seeing them getting over the fear of actually doing the teaching. And this past week, one of the gentlemen who was in sales did the teaching. And what he talked about was why so many people in sales or so many people who who try to basically sell anything are really bad at it. And what he talked about was this principle. um, And I was going to give you an image here of basically three circles. And there's and there's um, an inner circle, an outer circle and a really far far outside circle. On the far outside circle is what most people seem to focus on, and that would be the what. You know, what are you selling? What are you selling? And the next circle on the inside of that one, it says the word how. How are you going to do it? And then on the inner circle is the word why. Why are you selling what you're selling? And I think a lot of times we just focus on the what and forget about the how. And more unfortunately, we forget about the why. Forget about the why. And sometimes other churches, not this church, of course, but I've heard of other churches before, and they always focus on the what. And then when we look at and we wonder why maybe some of our younger families don't come to church, because if it just becomes rules and regulations, well, this is what we do. We go to church. This is what we do. We pray the rosary. This is what we do. But they're not looking at the how and the why. That's probably why a lot of our our youth and a lot of our younger families don't come to church because right now the numbers are staggering. They're really saddening, but they inspire me to do better. So for every one person we baptize in the Catholic church right now, we're losing six. If that was your business model, you would be fired, right? (laughs) If that was your success rate, your retention rate, you'd probably be fired. The other other one is, is probably even worse. So for all the people who are confirmed into the Catholic Church right now by the, by the studies that have been done, by the age of 23, 
Only 17% of them consider themselves Christians or even Catholics. If it doesn't make your jaw drop a little bit, I don't know what will, but that's pretty sad. So what we're doing isn't working, so we're, we're missing on something. We're missing deeply on something. And I would say what I think we're, we're missing on is we're missing on, first of all, our why. Why do we do what we do? Why, why do you do what you do? But also Jesus's why. Because if I'm going to sell something to you, sell something to you, and maybe just ask, why do you do what you do? And if I just say, well, I've always done it this way. For the past 40, 50 years, I've always just done this. That's not very convincing to make me want to do that. So as we look at, as we look at our gospel reading today, I just want us to look at what is actually happening in relation to our why. What is our why? So John the Baptist is in prison now. For him, following Jesus, he was sent to prison. And John the Baptist is the person who is very convicted of the love of God and his purpose in life. He's very convicted. And Jesus asks his disciples to say, ask him, you know, are you the one to come or, is, or should we look for another? Is there, is there a better sale out there for me or is this the one? And Jesus says, well, tell them what you hear and what you see that I'm actually doing in the world. People who are blind can see. People who are deaf can hear. People who are lame, who are kind of crippled, are actually walking. And the one I think is kind of goes over our heads because we, sometimes we just forget about the words we're hearing is it says those who are dead are raised. Those who are maybe physically dead were raised, but also those who are spiritually dead. And if you saw somebody who's spiritually dead, they kind of end up looking like a zombie. You look around in our world today and people are kind of spiritually dead. There's a darkness over their hearts and they don't know that. And maybe just ask yourself right now, is my heart on fire with the love of Jesus? Am I aware that his heart is constantly burning for me and it's meant to burn everything away that is not of God in my life so I can be clear like John the Baptist, so I can bring the message of Jesus to others? Is my heart on fire with Jesus because I know that his heart is burning on fire for me? Because someone whose heart is on fire is attractive. And that's why Jesus even says, as people are going off and leaving, he continues to talk, and he said, what did you go out to the desert to see when you went out to go see John the Baptist? Did you go out to, go out to see a man who was weak, and when people said, go right, he went right, and go left, he went left? He's talking about a, a reed swaying in the wind, someone who's a total pushover, who's not a, he doesn't have a backbone, someone who's afraid of offending other people. He said, or did, he said, and he says, what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Did you, did you just want to see someone who, who dresses apart but doesn't act the part? But then he says, then why did you go out? And maybe ask yourself that question. I'm just going to put it on I have a sheet of paper here. I think it's just a really good question. Just why are you literally sitting in the pews right now? And I'm not saying that in an accusatory way. I just want you to genuinely ask yourself, why do I do what I do as a Catholic Christian? Why do I do it? Because if it's just, well, mom and dad raised me Catholic, so I'm Catholic, that might be a small part of the why, but the bigger why has to go deeper because we have to be completely convinced that this is the best way to live. We have to be completely convinced that this is the best way to live. And the ultimate only reason why anybody should be Catholic 
is because it's true. Because it's true. Because if I go based on my emotions of what I like and what I don't like, well, then I'm like that reed swaying in the wind. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he even says, and blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. Because if I'm convinced of my why, when I'm out in public, I'm not afraid to pray when I eat meals. When I'm out in public, I'm not afraid to offer a kind word of the gospel to others because I'm so convicted of Christ's burning love for me. So I just want you to listen up here because I'm going to give you a teaching that changed my life when I was in seminary. And it's a principle called relationship, identity, and mission. See if you're paying attention. What are those three principles? Relationship, identity, and mission. So our faith is all about relationship, okay? Everything we do, this is our why, because it's all about relationship. And it is about the relationship. We can actually have a relationship with God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We can actually have a relationship with God. But when it comes to Adam and Eve, they broke that relationship. Original sin broke that, and it created a giant void between us and God. And just to imagine for a moment that that chasm, which is immense, it's as wide as the Grand Canyon. And God the Father is on one side, and you are on the other. And God the Father is calling out to you. He's saying, come to me, just jump. Come to me. And you're thinking, that gap is, is so big. That gap is so big. There's no way I could ever do that. And Jesus is what bridges that gap for us. He bridges the gap between us and the Father. And his spirit is poured into us at baptism. And there's nothing you and I can do to earn that love. Nothing. It's his free gift to us. And we're called to respond to that invitation to relationship. And when we respond to that, we receive, we receive our identity. And look at our world today. Let's just be honest. Let's look at our world. We live in a pretty confused world. People don't know who they are. But our identity has been purchased for us by what Jesus did on the cross. And he paid it all for us. And our identity is being a beloved son or a beloved daughter of the Father. And it began for you and I at our baptism. So for a moment, I'm just going to ask you just to close your eyes. And I just want you to use your imagination. I just want you to imagine that you're walking down the Jordan River. And as you're walking down the Jordan River, in the water, in the river, you see John the Baptist and you see Jesus. And they're waving you over to them. And you just notice a giant smile on the face of Jesus. He's so excited for what's about to happen. And John the Baptist puts his hands around your back and around Jesus' back. And he lowers you into the water. And as he's lowering you into the water, that's a symbol of the death of Jesus and your death to the ways of this world. And as he lowers you into the water, that void, that gap, is erased. And as he lifts you both up out of the water, you and Jesus have become one. 
you no longer see Jesus because he's inside of you. And that raising is a sign of the resurrection of Jesus. And at that point, when Jesus was baptized, same thing when you were baptized, a booming voice came from the heaven from the Father declaring who you are. And for all the women here, the voice said, You are my beloved daughter, in whom I delight. And to all the men here, the Father spoke to you, declaring your identity, saying, You are my beloved son, in whom I delight. And Jesus seals that identity by shedding his blood on the cross and rising from the dead. To know that you are a beloved son or a beloved daughter. And out of that identity, we realize we have brothers and sisters in Christ. And that when I'm talking negatively about them, I'm talking negatively about my brother and sister And out of my relationship, I get my identity, and then comes my mission. And for all of us, our mission comes from Matthew, I'm sorry, yeah, Matthew 28. To go, first we got to go and make disciples, make followers of Jesus, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So first we got to make them a follower and then baptize them. And then Jesus says, but he says, but always know this. I will always be with you. I'll always be with you. Even when you wonder, even when you sin, even when you do things that make you embarrassed to be called a Christian or a Catholic, I'm always with you. And he's always with us primarily in the Eucharist. He wanted to give us a physical sign that he would always be with us. And if we get relationship, identity, mission right, we will get everything right. But typically what we do in the church is we do mission first and think of how our culture works. How, how do I get my identity? Well, I got to work at it. I am what I do. I'm a salesman. I'm a teacher. I'm a mechanic. I'm an engineer. I'm an architect. And it leads us into thinking, I have to do all these physical things. I have to gain all this attention from others in order to know who I am. But Jesus flips that, and he did it all for us already. And if we know who we are, then we know what to do. And if we start with relationship, just asking ourselves each day, before we do anything, am I in relationship with God right now? Am I in relationship with him? Am I praying from my heart? Or am I just going through the motions? And he just invites us saying, it's all been done for you. It's all been paid for you. And remember what I did for you on the cross. Remember what happened at your baptism, who you truly are. And when we live, when we live from that, we have our identity as a son or a daughter. And then he sends us and tells us what to do. And then we don't have to be so vain. And vanity is I do things to get attention from others. I do things to prove to God that I'm on his side. I have to do things. But there's nothing you and I can do. We are called to be. To be a son or a daughter. And then he, out of that love, as a, as a son or a daughter, we think, how can I go spread this message to others? 
But it all comes back to knowing what our why is. And ultimately, as a Catholic Christian, our why is found, will be found on this altar in just a moment. To know that no matter what, he's always going to be with me. To know that no matter what, he's always going to be with me. In his body and blood. Because if he can change through his Holy Spirit and through his priesthood, if he can change bread and wine into his body and blood, just imagine what he can do with your life and my life. And when we stop, stop trying to earn God's love, when we stop doing that and we start just like letting God be God, we let go and let God, then we have peace because we know who we are. So the principle is relationship, identity, and then mission. And I guarantee you, I lay my life down on this altar, I guarantee you that if you do that, you will have immense peace because you know that everything you need has already been done for you. And Jesus says, just walk in that why. Walk in that why. Serve in that why. Start from your relationship. Know who you are. And then let him call you and prompt you into the world. Because if we don't change, if we start just sitting with that what, and we only promote the what, but we don't give our youth, we don't give our families, we don't give those who come into our church the why, we're going to continue to see for every one person we baptize, six will leave. We'll see that number of 17% of those who are confirmed to stay in the church. Just 17%, which is a really bad number. But if we start flipping this, if we start flipping this, instead of going mission, identity, relationship, if we go relationship, identity, mission, you and I will see those numbers change. But it starts with you. It starts with me. If we get that right, we will get everything right. So let's take a moment of silence to place our doubts on this altar. Anything that makes us feel like we are not worthy, anything that makes us feel like we can't do it on this altar. And let us let our Lord be Lord. And let us always know what he did for us on the cross, purchased our identity, and he bridged the gap. Amen.